check out the bulletin and just be led of the Lord and your involvement and, and uh, fellowship. And I know the Lord want, doesn't want us to forsake that, but all the more find those opportunities to get together and fellowship and again, break bread and get in the word and pray and worship and so forth. So let's get into God's word. Last week, we looked at all of John chapter nine. <clears throat> we saw a man that was born blind. And remember the disciples asking, was he you know, uh, born blind because of his sin or his parents' sin? And Jesus said, neither. He was born that way so the great works of God could be seen you know, in his life. And indeed, we saw that the Lord saw him in the midst of the crowd, and the Lord touched him and ministered to him, created new eyes for him. Remember, created some or made some clay and put it on his eyes and told him to go down to the pool of sin or the pool of Siloam to wash. And indeed, as he did, as he stepped out of faith, the Lord brought a healing to him. And then from there, remember, the Pharisees began to question him. Who did this? And why did he do it on the Sabbath? And so forth. And we saw a great you know, a lesson in evangelism as this new believer simply shared, you know, how Jesus had touched him and how he, all he knew is he was blind and now he saw and so forth. And we talked about, you know, the call for us to share our testimony and the gospel, the simple gospel of Christ crucified and raised from the dead and salvation by grace alone, through faith alone and him alone. And talked about how oftentimes we clam up because we're worried about what we don't know. But this man just shared what he did know. And the Lord greatly blessed that and used him. And by the end, those Pharisees were so flustered. And they're like, you were born in sin. And who are you to teach us? And so forth. And yet his witness was powerful as he stepped out there in faith. Well, this morning as we continue here in John chapter 10, we see the Lord talking about how he is the good shepherd. In fact, that's repeated multiple times in our text today. And we're going to look at that, and we're going to praise God for that, uh, that Jesus indeed is not a hireling. He's not a wolf. He's not a thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he'll talk about that, but indeed he is the good shepherd who's come to give life and life abundant. And in Christ, we have eternal life, and every day abundant life is available for us as we Follow after our Lord who laid down his life for us and took it back up to give us that, again, eternal and abundant life. And so with that said, this morning, we're going to start by reading just the first five verses, Lord willing. We're going to get down through verse 21, and then we'll just jump in here and take this, you know, a thought at a time and a few verses at a time. So let's start here. Verse 1, Jesus speaking, he says, most assuredly, I say to you, He who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. So as we go through this teaching today, we see Jesus starts with an illustration of a, you know, a shepherd and sheep and a doorkeeper and so forth. Also talking about thieves as uh, we continue in the text in a minute here, in a little bit here, we're going to see him again referring more to uh, him being the good shepherd, us being sheep the doorkeeper and thieves and so forth. So what we want to 
kind of start with is kind of laying down some groundwork and identifying, again, who's the shepherd, who's the door, who's the doorkeeper, who are the sheep, and who is the thief. And again, we'll see repeated multiple times Jesus declaring that he is not only the shepherd of the sheep and the sheepfold, but he is the good shepherd. And let me ask you, have you tasted and seen that the Lord is good? Can you say amen to that this morning? Indeed, he is. We're also going to see that Jesus is not only the shepherd, but he's also the door. He refers to himself as the door in verse 9, that he is the only way into the sheepfold. We'll see here that the doorkeeper is our heavenly father, and indeed, Jesus is the only way to our heavenly father being the door and, again, the shepherd. And uh, he reiterates this over and over again in his ministry. This is reiterated over and over in the word of God. That indeed, as John 14, 6 declares, where Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Again, through him, he is the door. Through faith in him, through the work of the cross, which again, he'll talk about in this text. And we'll talk more about that once again this morning. The sheepfold itself I think you could say it is heaven. It's also a real relationship with God Almighty. We only come to that through Jesus Christ. Because again, we have a sin problem. Sin separates us from our Heavenly Father who is holy. The work of Jesus Christ atone for our sins. And when we put faith in Him, we're no longer under the law. Our sins are forgiven. We indeed now are under grace and have a right relationship with the living God through the shed blood of our good shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the sheep are us. We are the sheep. And listen, this isn't necessarily a compliment because sheep aren't the smartest animals in the world. At the same time, listen, it's, it's not necessarily a slam either because it is being used as a description of mankind because men are followers. I know some people say, well, you know what? I'm a leader. I'm not a follower. Uh, you know, there's different degrees to that amongst, you know what, men and so forth. But the bottom line is that we all follow something. Even individuals that follow their own heart, they're following something. And you need to be very careful of that because the Bible says that the heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. We all follow something. The question is, this morning is, who are you following? Who is your shepherd? Do you follow the good shepherd or someone else. I heard someone say, you know what, recently, and this has been said for a long, long time, but you know, they were throwing this out as a positive thing. They said, we all march to a different drum. But here's the truth. If you're not marching to the beat of the Lord Jesus Christ, if you're not following the good shepherd, no matter who else you're following, if he is not your Lord and Savior, listen, you're going to march yourself right into hell forever. And this is a very serious, serious matter. And that's what the Lord is talking about here this morning. If you follow me, I'm going to bring you in. I'm going to bring you out. I'm going to bring you to green pastures. You could come into the sheepfold. You have a right relationship with the Father. And outside of that, you're subjected to the thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He even calls him a hireling, a wolf in sheep's clothing, that wants to pose as the good shepherd when he is not the good shepherd at all. Now, again, that thief and the robber, it's Satan himself. The Lord alluded to him 
previously in his teachings here in John, talking about how he is a murderer, he is a liar, he's the father of all lies, and we'll talk about how indeed he uses lies to steal and kill and destroy. Again, right here in verse 1, he says he is a thief and a robber. He tries to climb up some other way. Again, Jesus says, most assuredly, again, um, I say to you, he who doesn't enter by the sheepfold, by the door, but climbs some other way, is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. He's comparing himself, again, as the good shepherd, as the way in with this thief, with the robber, and indeed, who comes to try to steal and kill and destroy. Now listen, there's some good news. The good news is that Jesus Christ, if he is your shepherd, if you have real faith in the Lord, listen, those with real faith in the Lord cannot be stolen away by the thief. Is that not good news? Jesus, in fact, later on in this chapter, and Lord willing, we'll look at this next week, in John 10, 27, he says, my sheep are my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. That's part of the blessed assurance of our salvation that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, you won't be snatched out of my hand. But with that said, we need to know that this thief is always trying to lure the sheep away from their shepherd. Have you noticed that? And when that happens, when sheep allow themselves to get lured away from the shepherd, again, we are the sheep of his hand, But there's times when we can get lured away. Those sheep, when that happens, we become spiritually unhealthy, spiritually unhappy, and spiritually unproductive very, very quickly. Do you know any sheep that are in that place? Let me ask you, are you in that place this morning? Listen, when that happens, it saddens the shepherd, but it thrills the thief. Because if he can't steal your soul, This one who comes to steal, kill, and destroy, he'll go after your joy. He'll go after the power of God that God wants to manifest in your life. He'll go after your witness. He'll go after the gifts that God has given to you. He'll go after your prayer life, your worship life. He'll go after your loved ones, your eternal reward. Whatever he can take, he is trying to rob from you. He's trying to steal, again, your joy. That's all he does is take. And he does it by presenting lies. We'll talk more about that here in a little bit. Now, there's Christians all over the place that indeed are true sheep, but they're getting ransacked on a daily basis, and many of them don't even know it. And if that's the case, if that's where you're at, it's time to wake up from that and get near the good shepherd once again. Can we say amen to that? This is Psalm 23. What a glorious psalm that talks about our good shepherd. Just six verses. Let's read it here. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Are those not good words? Now notice three and four. 
<clears throat> to him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Now again, to him the doorkeeper opens. He's talking about the good shepherd. The doorkeeper opens the door to the good shepherd. And again, the doorkeeper in this illustration absolutely is the father. Because again, Jesus is the only way to the father. He opens the door for them to come in and also to be able to go out. And we got to know and understand that when we come to the Lord Jesus Christ from their daily He's calling us into fellowship with him so that we can go out into the world and we can represent him. And let me ask you, are you having daily fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ? It seems like we talk about this on a weekly basis. And we should because it's one of the most important aspects of our life, of our Christianity, fellowshipping with the Lord. Do you know every single day he's knocking on the door of your heart? wanting to dine with you, not, not, not just wanting to, again, dine with you and us thanking him for physical food and, again, physical provisions, though we absolutely need to do that, but every day he's wanting to dine with you in fellowship, dine with you, again, there in the secret place, in your prayer closet, dine with you throughout the day in the sense of fellowshipping with you and so forth and ministering to you and helping you throughout the day and bringing his word to your remembrance as you fill your heart daily with his word. Revelation 3.20, he's talking to the church here. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Are you daily opening the door to, again, the good shepherd, or have you fallen into the pattern where you rarely open it or you maybe just here and there crack it open? Listen, he's the good shepherd. Hear that this morning. Again, in a minute, he's going to talk about others who came before him and there's others that come after him and they come to steal, kill, and destroy. And that thing that has, again, the, the, you know, our, our master passion oftentimes is that thing that is the shepherd of our lives. Those things, again, in their proper place at times can be blessings, but when they trump the good shepherd, we are going to be the ones that, again, get victimized by that thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So he calls us daily in. So as he talks about here, we can be led out, that we can go out into the world and, again, represent the world because there's a whole lot of lost sheep out there that need the Lord Jesus Christ. And they need those sheep of the good shepherd telling them, you know, whispering in their ear, bah, you know, there's the good shepherd. There's the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, to be in the world, but what? Not of the world. Previously, the Lord talked about that in great detail. That's what the Lord did. The Lord modeled this. How many times have we seen in John, and you see in the gospels where again, he would leave the crowd. He would leave them to do what? To go spend time with the Father. Sometimes up all night at a secluded place to spend time with the Father. We want to model that. We want to follow that. And we also, again, want to remember that if we're not doing that, we're not going to have that torrent of living water, that power of God coming from our life. What are we going to have to give if we don't first get that from the Lord himself? 
And so again, daily, we want to get that encouragement, that strength from upon high, so we can go out and make an impact. And again, it's not some effort that we have to put forward and muster up, but again, it is the overflow of our relationship with God Almighty, us abiding in Him. Again, we've looked at it so many times, but in John 15, 5, Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. And indeed, I know men can build earthly kingdoms and even at times earthly ministries, but we can't do anything that will endure that fire of the judgment of God if we are not daily and continually abiding in him. Again, he also said he brings, notice here, he brings out his own sheep. And, and aren't you glad that the Lord, again, uh, you know, it has the pink slip of your life in the Lord Jesus Christ, that you belong to him. And listen, if he's not your Lord, he's not your shepherd. He wants to change that today, all who call on him. In fact, he declares later in this text that if any believe in him, they receive salvation. They receive eternal life. He shows no partiality. He says any sheep can come. Any sheep can come to the door. Bend knee to me, call on my name, and I'll wash you, and I'll cleanse you, and you'll be mine, and indeed, he does go before us, and he'll never lead us astray. He's always with us. He's with us, again, as Matthew 28, 20 says. He says, I am with you always, even to the end of the age, amen, or so be it, or that's the final authority on the matter. So loving, so patient. Aren't you glad that God's long-suffering? I'm so thankful that he's long-suffering, that he's always with us, And then also, listen, on top of this, if we do go astray, have you ever gone astray? (laughs) For a season, for years, some for five years, some for a day, some for a weekend bender, he goes after us. What an awesome shepherd. How quickly are we to cut people off who we feel did us wrong? Boy, it's increasing so greatly in the world. There is just a growing nastiness in this world, such a lack of long-suffering and patience, such a lack of extending the mercy that God has shown us, but our God is patient, he's long-suffering, and even when we go astray, he goes after us. Jesus said in Luke 15, 4, what man of you having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness to go after the one which is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it upon his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors saying to them, rejoice with me, I have found my sheep which is lost. He's the good shepherd, amen. He goes after us. And he doesn't say next, let's kill him and eat him. No, he rejoices, The sheep was lost, has been found. Verse 5, yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. And again, real sheep follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And part of the way we do that, and he's taught this in this gospel, is that we abide in his word. I want to hear the voice of the Lord, then you need to get into the word of God. 
You're like, well, you know what? I, I want to hear specifics, though. You know, I'm not, I'm not really interested in those generalities. You know, I, I want to get into the nitty gritty. I want to hear the specifics. Listen, if you don't want to hear God's general word, I don't believe you even have a right to expect to hear specific words. We need to get into the word of God. And so many times I know when I'm in the word, God gives me specific direction, specific guidance as he speaks to us through the scriptures and the Holy Spirit working through the word of God, that word that the Holy Spirit moved upon holy men to pen. In fact, John 8.31, we looked at this a few weeks back. Jesus said, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. So again, we want to hear his voice. His disciples listen for his voice. He says, they don't follow the voice of strangers. Instead, they flee from those voices. And we got to be a people that are, again, testing the voice and those voices out there. Because, boy, there's a lot of voices. And in fact, we'll talk about it in a minute here. Although there's a lot of voices even trying to say they're the good shepherd when they are not. We've been called, again, to test all things. First Thessalonians chapter 5. Test all things by God's word, and then we are to flee or to shun strange voices. Even if it's, again, the voice of our inner man, our heart that contradicts the voice of the shepherd, we don't follow our heart. We follow the Lord, the word of God, the work of the Holy Spirit. I hear people asking the question, why are there so many false shepherds and sinful practices flourishing not just in the world, but in Christianum. And it could be because there's a growing number of false sheep. First Timothy 4, 2 Timothy 4 speaks of this, that the time will come when they won't endure sound doctrine, but again, there will be individuals that say they're Christians, but they heap up false shepherds to itch their ears. And this is why it's so important that, again, we know that we know that Jesus, the Jesus of the Bible, the Son of God, is our Lord and our Savior. And then we rest in that. We rejoice in that. We abound in that. We grow in that truth. Now, notice verse 6. It says, Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. They didn't get this. So we'll see here as we start in verse 7, Jesus continued to talk about this subject matter, wanting them to get it. And we also need to understand them not getting this wasn't reflective of God doing a bad job explaining it, but it was their end, again, not putting these simple truths together. We got to know that God's word was not written as a bunch of riddles, but it's written in a manner that he who reads it can understand it if they really want to know what is being said. Proverbs 8.8, it says, All the words of my mouth are with righteousness. Nothing crooked or perverse is in them. They are plain to him who understands and right to those who find knowledge. And let me tell you, when you open up God's word, if you really want to know what it says, if you really want to understand, then go before God and say, Lord, I want to, again, 
lay my agenda down at the foot of the cross. And Lord, I want you to speak to me. I want to understand this. I want to get this. And the Lord will absolutely meet you where you're at. Verse 7. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go out and in and out and find pasture. Again, Jesus is the good shepherd. Jesus also says here that he is the door. Again, he is the door, the only way to the doorkeeper, the father, and absolutely the only way to heaven. Listen, there's no back door. There's no other way. He even says those that try to climb in another way, they're the thief. They're like the thief. They are like the robber themselves. There's no back entrance. See, he's the only one who could deal and deal with that which God has booted out of the stable in the first place. Sin. When man sinned in the garden, when man ate of that tree and said, I want to be my own God, mankind took on a sin nature. God's law shows us we are sinners. God is not bringing rebellion into glory. The wages of sin is death. But Jesus, again, willingly laid down his life and took it back up again. He'll speak about this here in this text. We'll read it here in a minute. He did that to atone for our sins, to pay the penalty of our sin. Because indeed, with sin comes wrath and judgment and a price to be paid. And Jesus paid the penalty of your sin, lived a sinless life, took the wrath due you and me upon himself. And then he rose from the grave and defeated death. That if you put your trust in him, you're no longer seen as a sinner, but you are seen as a saint through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is why he says, most assuredly, I'm the door of the sheep. I am the only way. And in that, listen, where he says, most assuredly, for us, this is a blessed assurance. It's good to know that you know that you know that Jesus is your Lord, <clears throat> you're washed and you're cleansed, and you have a relationship with the living God. Now, again, practically day in and day out, God's called us to depart from iniquity. But praise God, we are seen as washed. We're under the grace of God. It's a blessed assurance Listen, there's also assurance here, though, of those who want to try to find a back door are going to be rejected. And if he's not your Lord today, I hope your knees knock at the sound of that. And my hope would be and humble your heart and call upon the good shepherd who wants to save you. Now, again, verse 8, he says, all whoever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. And there were many who came before Jesus who claimed to be the Messiah who were not. There have been many who have come after him who've claimed to be the Messiah who are not. And there will be many more who will come claiming to be the Messiah who are not. God's word speaks of this. 2 Timothy 3.13, but evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and being assured of knowing from where you have learned them. And from there, he talks about the scriptures. Again, thieves and robbers that want to try to come and instill souls, that want to lead people away from the good shepherd to another shepherd, a wolf in sheep's clothing. 
And again, we got to make sure as followers of Christ that we are not being led away from the goodness of God following after again a false Christ, a false spirit, a false gospel. We're told throughout the scripture again to test these voices, to test these doctrines, to test even these shepherds. First John 4, 1, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And that's what Jesus is talking about here. Thieves and robbers, false prophets that just want to again steal your attention, steal your power found in God, steal your finances and every single thing else. And boy, there are a lot of these individuals in the world today. In fact, Jesus said in Matthew 24, there'd be more and more of them up until his coming. Verse nine again, the second time he says that I am the door. And if anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Notice, I am the door. And then notice, if anyone, if anyone, any sheep out there, he's saying, if there's any sheep listening, listen, if you enter by me, if you put faith in me, as we've seen in John over and over again, if you believe in me as your Lord, you'll go in and you'll go out and you'll find pasture. And listen, that pasture that you will find will be a green pasture. It will be a good pasture. Again, I'm the door. There is no other way. There'll be no coexist bumper stickers in glory. You won't see any of those up there. And I can guarantee you this, yes, that all roads do do lead to God. They lead to the judgment of God. But there is only one door that leads into, again, the glory of God and the kingdom of God. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Who wants to, again, lead us into those pastures, those green pastures on a continual basis. Notice verse 10. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. Again, who's the thief? It's Satan, his cohorts. They have one agenda, to steal and kill and destroy. As we read previously, Jesus said he is a liar, the father of lies. He is a murderer, and he murdered from the beginning. And he uses lies to steal and kill and destroy. To try to destroy souls. To try to, again, even kill your witness. To steal your joy. To steal your, you know what, fellowship from, with the Lord and so forth. Many of those things we already talked about. And he uses lies like this. You don't need Jesus, you're a good person. Man, that's one of his big lies. And there's many people running around believing that. I don't need that door in, I'm a good person. Well, listen, God's loss is that you're a sinner. God's loss is you don't measure up. God's law declares you and me and all of us guilty outside of the Lord Jesus Christ. We need the Lord because he was without sin. And again, he atoned for our sins. He uses lies like this. You don't need God's word. Your way is acceptable. But God's word says there's a way that seems right to a man. Yet the end of that way is death. How about this one? You'll be fulfilled if you look, lust, and tend to your desires. You'll be happier without her. Without her, Leave your wife for her. Boy, that's a lie so many have 
listened to, and so many marriages have been destroyed. Heard someone recently, I'm leaving my wife because I don't love her anymore. No, your problem is that you don't love Jesus. You have a better life if you abort. Boy, that lie being peddled by so many individuals even saying, boy, we walk in love and we walk in freedom, and yet they look to put people in bondages. Praise God for our God who forgives and restores and heals. How about this lie that's being peddled? You know, 25% of our high school students in California don't know if they're boys or girls. You were born a female in a male's body. That's a lie. You were fearfully and wonderfully made as the biological gender that God made you, and he has a wonderful plan for your life. Please do not destroy it by listening to liars. Even if that lie is the one coming from your own heart, that's outside of the will of God. How about this? You'll feel better if you drink that, smoke that, snort that, or inject that. You'll escape. All your problems will go away. And yet, when you come back to reality, they've only doubled and tripled and quadrupled. (laughs) How about this? You'll have security. The security you long for if you just live for and heap up and love money and possessions again. It's not money that's the root of all evil, it's the love of it. So with these sayings, again, we gotta know and abide in the truth at all times because as Jesus said, you'll know the truth and it will set you free. John 8, 31, if you abide in my word, you're my disciples indeed and you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. And Jesus said in John 17, 17, speaking of the Father, to the Father, your word is truth. But this thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy Always even trying to, again, hang around the stable. To try to steal from the sheep and try to snatch away those sheep that are considering. Considering, again, putting faith in the Lord. And so he comes in and he sows uh, tares and he steals the seed of the gospel and spreads leaven and brings in dirty birds and cancers and so forth. Trying to pose as the shepherd, trying to get others to follow after him, itching their ears, giving them tasty tidbits that, again, appeal to their flesh. And us sheep that know better, the question is, will we just stand by or will we soldier up and intervene and be a people of prayer and a witness? Now he says, again, the thief comes, only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he says, I've come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. And again, we need to know what the fall of man in the garden. All men were robbed. All men were spiritually made dead. And all were headed for destruction. But Jesus came and gave his life to give us life and to restore what was destroyed. And that's the difference between the thief and the good shepherd. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The Lord came to give life through giving his life. And in that, he's speaking of eternal life. And then daily to offer abundant life from abiding in him. That abundant life that's found in relationship with him, no matter what our life may look like externally, what trials and tribulations we're going for through, listen, it's a wonderful thing to be in the fire with the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 11, he says it again, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Have you tasted and seen that the Lord is good? Again, how good is he? He gave his life for us. 
When we were outside of the sheepfold doing our own thing, he demonstrated his love for us and that he laid down his life for us. That's how much he loves you. Quit questioning the love of God for you. He says, but a hireling who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. And Jesus is no hireling. He wasn't a shepherd for hire. Again, the father didn't say, listen, son, you're not going to get your allowance unless you go down and lay down your life. Yes, the father sent him, but Jesus willingly went out of his love for the father, out of his love for you to make that way of salvation, to bring you back into the sheepfold. And he says, I'm no hireling. You see, hirelings, they use the sheep for their own purpose. And then they run away when the wolf comes about. They won't stand up against the wolf. It's interesting because the Bible talks about True shepherds and hirelings and even wolves in sheep's clothing in the ministry. In 1 Peter 5, 1, he says, The elders who are among you I exhort, I who am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly. Not as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. It's our prayer that God Almighty is the the chief shepherd of our fellowship here. And I know it's the prayer of myself and the pastors of our church that we would be found as true shepherds. People feeding The sheep of God's flock here, the word of truth, contending with wolves in sheep's clothing, doing our best as overseers, trying to love folks and so forth. And listen, we need God's aid in that. We can't do that on our own. We got to look to him every day in that. God yearns for there to be those types of shepherds. And please pray for myself and Pastor Ron and Dwight and our leadership in this church that we can be reflective of that. Sadly, the day we're living in today, listen, there are many wolves running around in shepherds' clothing who twist God's word, who still, who devour. And sadly than that, listen, there are so many hirelings today that are pastors for hire. It's a job. And most seminaries today, listen, they teach the people how to not offend anybody. That's one of the main things. You can't offend anybody from the pulpit because guess what? You might lose your job and no one might come back. And you know what the Bible says is an offense, the greatest offense? It's the cross of Calvary. Pastors for hire who run away when the wolf comes in, who won't stand up and speak out against wolves. There's false doctrines run amok because at the end of the day, it's a job and they're more more concerned about their job than sheep getting snatched away. And listen, in all of it, shepherds will face a stricter judgment. 
They can't be found conducting themselves as if that's not the case. And so listen, if you're visiting, pray for your pastor, pray for your shepherds, pray for the pastors of this community, of our nation. Pray that those that are really called of God would follow God and represent the Lord and that, listen, hirelings and wolves would be exposed. And if any of those hirelings were once good shepherds, that they would repent. Verse 14, again, he says, I am the good shepherd. I'll ask you again, have you tasted and seen that he's good? I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and I'm known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so, I know the Father and lay down my life for the sheep. Again, he is the good shepherd who laid down his life for us. Praise God, he knows us. And even in knowing us, he still loves us. Is that not good news? (laughs) He knows us. Again, he knows the Father and the Father knows him. And the Lord has said in another place, no greater love is there than this, that one would lay down his life for his friends, and our shepherd lay down his life for us. What a contrast versus the thief who just comes to try to steal our life. Jesus laid down his life for us. Verse 16. He says, and other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring. And they will hear my voice, and they will be one flock and one shepherd. Now this is a very simple verse to understand. And yet it's a verse that there have been individuals and groups that have twisted. Listen, he's talking about the Gentiles here that would be, again, grafted in through the work of the cross by grace alone, through faith alone, and the Lord alone. But there have been many cults that have taken this and said, well, listen, we got a different gospel, but we're that other flock. That's who's being talked about right here. We're that other flock. We're that other group. Isaiah eleven seventeen. this was prophesied about 800 years before Christ came. It says, and in that day there shall be a root of Jesse. That's talking about Christ, a descendant of Jesse, a descendant of David, who shall stand as a banner to the people, for the Gentiles will seek him, and his resting place shall be glorious. So he's talking to Jews here primarily, and he's saying there's other sheep. There's other sheep not of this fold And I must bring them in. And once they're brought in, they're going to be one flock with one shepherd. But listen, there's still only one way in, whether you're a Gentile or a Jew. That's through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you think you can climb over the wall because of your ethnicity or your genealogy or your good works or whatever else, you are being fooled by the thief. Galatians 3.26 For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Again, in Christ. Unity is found in Christ, in the word of God in the cross of Calvary, not in compromising those things for the sake of unity, but in Christ and his word. Almost done here, verse 17. He says, therefore my father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. Notice here, no one takes it from me, but I lay it down on myself. I have the power to lay it down. I have the power to take it again. This command I have received 
from my father. Again, the father commanded Jesus and Jesus did what the father told him to do. And because of that, he says, the father loves me. See, God hates sin and disobedience. Why? Because it brings death. He loves obedience. Why? Because it brings life. And Jesus laying down his life and taking it up again, again, it's the ultimate gift of life. He did this willingly. He wasn't conquered by Satan. He wasn't conquered by men. He willingly laid down his life for us as a sacrifice for us. And as God, he had the power to lay it down. As God, he had the power to take it up again. And again, he didn't lay down his life to escape life. He laid down his life to give life and to conquer death when he rose from the grave on the third day. Listen, there's a great truth for us to rejoice in. And there's also truth here for us to be instructed in. If we want to walk in the love of the Lord, that's found in heeding the scriptures. It's not, I love Jesus, but I do whatever I want, whenever I want to do it. It's, I want to follow the Lord. And it's, when I don't do that, my heart's grieved. I hope that we have that sensitivity. I hope we don't come to the place where when we find ourselves just doing our own thing, there's not a grieving in our heart. That's a picture of a hardened sheep. But we say, oh, Lord, where did I, how did I get here again? Wash me and cleanse me. Wash my feet from the mud that I've wallowed in. I thank you that I'm part of your flock. And you know what the Lord does? He says, come to me, and he picks us up and washes us off. And you know what? Pats us right back there into the sheepfold where we belong and so forth. He's the good shepherd. He is the good, good shepherd. Also in this, listen, as he laid down his life and took it back up again. As followers of the good shepherd, listen, as he died and rose, so will we. 1 Corinthians 15, 20, but now Christ has risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as an Adam all died, even so in Christ, talking about those in Christ, all shall be made alive. But each one in his own order. Christ the first fruits, afterwards those who are Christ at his coming. See, in the Lord, if he's your shepherd, to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. And when the Lord comes back, these bodies that go to the earth will be resurrected and transformed and mortality will be swallowed up by immortality. He is the good shepherd. Finally here, 19 through 21, it says, Therefore, there was a division among the Jews because of these sayings. And many of them said, He has a demon and is mad. Why do you listen to him? Others said, These are not the words of one who has a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? And we see this happening over and over and over again. Jesus bringing division. He even said he didn't come to bring peace on the earth, but a sword. He's either your shepherd or he's not your shepherd. 
There's one side of the fence and there's the other side. There's no middle ground. There's no, you know what, I'm teetering on the fence. Listen, there's no one teetering on that fence. He's either your Lord or he's not your Lord. How sad these individuals here, seeing the works of God, all the witnesses given to them, harden the heart, and say he's got a demon, he's crazy. Why are you listening to him? Boy, there's a lot of people running around today saying, why are you listening to Jesus? Why are you listening to the word of God anymore? That stuff's outdated. It's ancient. We don't need that anymore. You're crazy to follow that. Praise God for the others. <laughs> Again, they were listening to the words of the Lord. They're like, these aren't the words of of a demon. And then they point out one of those witnesses, one of those four witnesses that Jesus had referred to. These miracles. He had made eyes for a man right before this. Uh, uh, he's, they're saying a demon can't create eyes. It sounds like they were on the cusp of entering to the fold. I hope that if you have it today, you will. You'll call on the Lord Jesus. Let's stand up and close in prayer right now. Oh Lord, we praise you today. We give you glory. And indeed, we thank you that you are the good shepherd. I pray, God, that truth would resonate in our hearts, God, not just this day, but all the days of our life that you've purchased us with your shed blood. That you're knocking on the door of our hearts each day, wanting to fellowship with us. That you know us and you still love us. Thank you that you are so good, so merciful, gracious, long-suffering, generous towards us, God providing our needs according to your riches and glory, not leaving us as orphans, but giving us the Holy Spirit of God who personally dwells in the hearts of all who've called on your name. Thank you that you have given us your word, God. The Bible, those basic instructions before leaving earth, the B-I-B-L-E, I pray, God, we'd be found standing in your word. Listen, if you haven't called on his name, he is the door. He is the way. He shows no partiality. The Bible says, whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Have you called on the Lord? It's a matter of just humbling your heart, confessing your sin. Repentance is part of it, which means you're turning from your own lordship to say, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord. I want you to lead me. I want to go in and go out and be led by you. If that's you this morning and you want to call on him, listen, today is the day of salvation. It's time to call on him now. If that's you and you're saying right now, Steve, yeah, I believe. I want to lead you in a simple prayer. I want to invite you to pray with me to call upon Jesus this morning. And indeed, I'd encourage you if you say that prayer to tell others to go and 
tell others that Jesus is your Lord, to confess him before men. He says he'll confess us before his Father in heaven, before the angels in heaven. If that's you, pray with me right now. And if you know the Lord, I want to invite you to pray with any this morning. I want to encourage you to pray with any this morning that are calling on him. We want to stand with you as people that are just like you who need Christ. Let's pray. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I'm a lost sheep. And I want to come home. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the grave. You laid down your life and you took it back up to give me life. Forgive me of my sin. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my shepherd all of my days. I thank you, Jesus, that indeed you are good. Lord, bless all that have prayed that prayer. Lord, any God today that have called on your name for the first time, just absolutely, God, not only do we pray you'd seal them with your spirit according to your promise, but you would just baptize them and overflow them with the spirit of God. We pray, God, that you would just even right now begin, God, to bring victory, God, over vices and God, over strongholds. In fact, Lord, we want to pray that for our own fellowship, God, that you just break the bondages of the thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and you do a fresh work in our lives, God, a fresh fresh work in our hearts, God. We thank you, Lord. Let us Lord, finish well right now, praising you collectively, lifting up your name, God. Continue to go before us this morning. Let's worship him right now in Jesus' name. Oh, great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain I could not climb. In desperation, I turned to heaven. Spoken name into the night And through the darkness Your loving kindness Tore through the shadows of my soul The work is finished The end is written Jesus Christ
food out there that's been prayed over, been prepared for you. Go and be blessed with that. Encourage someone before you leave today, and God bless you in the Lord Jesus Christ.